0: Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the NBA Front Office Show. I love this time of year. It is almost the trade deadline, so we've got all kinds of news topics and things to get into today. I'm Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com, joined as always by Keith Smith from Real GM, Yahoo, Celtics blog everywhere. Keith, how are you doing, man? Are you as pumped as I am for the NBA trade deadline coming up?
1: I am, man. It feels like we've been talking about it forever because it's so late this year. Yeah. Compared to usual. But we're you know, we're now two weeks out. So so this is when the stuff starts happening and things get a little bit more real. We're past the all star break. So yeah, we're we're um kinda every time I hear hear my uh Phone ding at me that I have a Twitter notification. I'm like, trade, you know, uh, to the point where I'm like keeping it close so I can jump out of the you know bed and grab it, or you know, pop out of the shower if I need to look. Whatever it is, it's uh, yeah, we're almost there.
0: Are you at the point where you're leaving the the sound on at night? Because that's where I'm at, just in case something happens at like 3 a.m. Absolutely, I am. Yep. <laughs> My wife hates me for it, but. You know, it comes with comes with the territory. I tell her, hey, it's part of the job, honey. But, um, (laughs) you know, we did we did see one thing actually happen. A a move actually go down. And that, of course, was Blake Griffin uh, first getting bought out, which we had speculated was probably going to be the case. And then landing with the Brooklyn Nets and on a veteran minimum deal didn't take that disabled player exception that they had from Spencer Dinwiddie. So uh, I know it was a few days ago, but real quick, what were your thoughts on on that move there, Keith?
1: Yeah, I think it, it. this is better for Blake than it is for the Nets. Uh, I think he could have helped uh, other teams quite a bit more. I think he made sense. A few other places where he could add a bigger role could have been a far bigger part of things with, with those teams. Um, but it, it's fine. You know, I, I don't. I'd I'd be surprised if he's playing any kind of key moments at uh, any point in playoff games. I I just don't think that's what we'll see happen. I think for the most part, we're going to see him uh, basically be a regular season player. He'll act as a little bit of a hub on their second unit mm-hmm. at times he should should look a little bit better with more wide open shots playing with better players but he's just he's not what he was he, he can't get up and finish anymore he doesn't really defend at all now it's just he, he's not the guy he once was so it, it's fine but i don't think it's gonna have a big impact one way or another
0: yeah agreed i think that uh people who remember i mean we talked about it on the last show he's the name but not the game anymore or however that that saying went but um more name than game more name than there it is more name than (laughs) game yeah so Blake Griffin that's that's kind of where we're at with him which we knew going in that would be the case but I did think it was interesting that the Nets didn't have to dip into that DPE in order to in order to sign him now that means they still have some money to go add somebody else potentially on the buyout market. And so I think that's going to make them continue to be an interesting landing spot as we start to hear other names that could get bought out.
1: Yeah, big time. No, that was huge. And yeah, that says a couple of things. One, it's either Griffin really wanted the Nets and nowhere else and was willing to take that. Right. Or that's all everybody viewed him as was a prorated minimum. But the Nets not having to use more than a minimum, now that puts them in front of teams, just as far as what they can pay, not necessarily situation or chance yeah. to win or anything like that, but what they can pay in front of the two LA teams, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, anybody else who may be active on the bio market. The Nets are now really well positioned to go get uh, whoever they want, just because they can outbid those teams. And that's that. You know, a lot of times that is a pretty big factor because let's face it, the Nets are probably at least on equal footing with any one of those right. teams towards being a title contender. So, you know, if you're a guy and you're looking at it and saying, well, you know, the minutes are there, you know, that's, that's absolutely true. And, you know, I can get more money and still have the same, same chance at winning. You know, but yeah, it all adds up to just, you know, heading off to Brooklyn.
0: And Keith, I've seen a lot, obviously hearing the Lakers side of things. I've heard a lot of Lakers fans saying, how is this possible that the Nets still have money to spend When they have three (laughs) max contracts on the books, uh, you know, screaming to the heavens, the NBA needs to do something about this. This should not be allowed. There's no way that the Nets should still be able to spend more, but it's because of the exceptions that they didn't use. They didn't use a mid-level. They didn't use their biannual, which means they're not triggering a a hard cap, which then gives them this flexibility. This is all, it gets complicated, but it's all within the rules. Nobody's cheating here or anything like that. This is all legitimate under the NBA CBA
1: absolutely it's the same as the golden state warriors yeah. they they're you know neck and neck for who's going to pay the most tax this season warriors are ahead because of the repeater tax and hopefully either one of them hard capped you only become hard capped if you use the uh amount of the non-taxpayer mid-level that's equal to the taxpayer mid-level in the lakers case they use the entirety of that to sign montres harrell uh you don't become more hard capped but you would have become hard capped for using the biannual which the lakers also did uh to sign wesley matthews i'm a big proponent of once you're hard capped you might as well do you use all use the tools at your yeah. disposal um because why not um especially if you're going to be you know a very expensive team the following season as well and then the other thing would have been acquiring a player via sign and trade uh which is you know another way you become hard cap. so yeah that that's where where they're at now they are um you know in that position where they are uh, hard capped and that's that's going to be where it is
0: so we have a couple of other bigs that could be headed towards buyouts. Both their clubs say they want to trade them. And that's LaMarcus Aldridge and Andre Drummond. Both of them with pretty sizable deals. You've got, what, about 28 for Drummond and about 24 for Aldridge's Million left on their expiring deals. Uh, where does that wind up? Do they Are there teams out there that are going to trade for these guys? And if not, does that mean that we're looking at two more bigs hitting the buyout market?
1: Yeah, Aldridge is a little bit easier to trade for a couple reasons. He makes just enough less that it makes it a little more realistic. I don't think either one of them probably gets traded uh, unless they're willing unless uh, the Spurs or Cavs are willing to take back some questionable money mm-hmm. um, which neither one of them seems overly willing to do uh, stretching into future years. Uh, Cavs already have that with Kevin Love. Spurs have you know upwards of $50 million in cap space that they're looking at for this offseason. So neither one of them wants to take on long, long, long uh, money, so it's uh, harder to see either guy getting traded. Aldridge, the other piece there is uh, um, you could trade for him, and then you're going to get the ability to re-sign him, and you right. could probably re-sign him for ten to $12 million next year um as a free agent that, you know and re sign him versus having to give him anything approaching another, you know, twenty plus million dollar contract. And I think Drummond's going to be looking for that more so uh than than uh Aldridge's. He's quite a bit younger than the Marcus Aldridge. It feels like Drummond's older than he is because he came into that what
0: so I, was, young, I was just saying right? that the other day. Yeah, Dude, he's he he's twenty seven. I mean, like I, I had to double check that how is yeah. he twenty seven? It feels <laughs> like he's been in the NBA Forever, but Andre Drummond is twenty seven. It's crazy. You mentioned that thing about Aldridge potentially new deal. I don't think anybody is going to want to pay. I mean, this is a dude who just got who who just lost his starting job, the Jakob Pertl, right? And and he's yeah. thirty six, right, or almost thirty six, about to yeah. turn thirty six. I don't see anybody trading for him with the hopes of signing him to a long term deal. Certainly not wanting to give give him ten to twelve million. Maybe though, with a guy like Drummond, if you're looking at him, saying okay, he's twenty seven, uh, he's still an incredible rebounder, and this is the piece we really need. I could see a team maybe talking themselves into that, but that's still trying to get to $28 million in terms of salary matching. That's uh that's yeah, not easy.
1: Yeah. You're either trading back bad money, mm-hmm. which we just covered. They don't really want, or you're having a trade, you know, probably three or four guys to, to match that kind of salary on. And uh, that gets really difficult to, to do in season. Cause then you just don't have the ability to replace your depth the way even look at the nets, right? Part of the reason why the, nets, that's. But, many roster spots as part of the James Harden trade so that that's where it gets thing I'll say with Aldridge is if he goes somewhere else has a big close to the season looks really really good if you're another team you look at and say well there's a lot of teams with cap space and exceptions this summer it's a really poor free agent class a team could say hey we'll throw you the mid-level of you know nine and a half million or so um and then what happens is if you're the team who already has him maybe you say hey we'll give you 10 million a little bit of a bump over what that could be but it's probably he's at this point he's looking at one-year deals the rest of the way for for his career he's just probably you know gonna play it out you know chunks of the mid-level exception if a team has his rights maybe. Be a slight bit more but yeah Lamarcus Aldridge my take on him has been he can still eat on a second unit you he's a guy you could run your offense through you could throw him the ball to let him be kind of your scoring uh the starter is just a little overmatched because he just can't really move anymore so it, it really becomes hard to defend with him in the lineup he used to be a guy who could play the four quite you know yeah. quite well and he just can't really do that now now he's more of a, a scoring five than he is anything else there's still a place for those guys on second units it's just you know if you're looking at him as you'll know, being the guy who really puts you over the top either you're already really close to that anyway or you're you're fooling yourself
0: yeah um being able to move is Kind of, <laughs> kind of important kind of important in the, in the NBA game and so yeah. uh, and Lakers fans certainly know that with uh, with Marcus Salt that's been their big complaint <laughs> is that he is not very mobile as a big yeah. but uh, let's move on to the Orlando Magic Keith you had a lot of information on that team and what's going on with them what their plans are heading into the trade deadline i thought it was really interesting because it's like you've got this varying scale between all the guys that we've heard could be on the market from guys like, well, never Google Evan Fournier. Uh, you've got you've got Terrence Ross, that Nikola Vucevic, right? You've got all these different guys that could be out there on the market. Aaron Gordon, but the willingness to deal them changes from guy to guy. So where where do the Magic stand right now in terms of making a deal?
1: Yeah, so if we kind of go in, in order, Vooch is not going anywhere. They they are going to have to absolutely be blown away by an offer to trade nikola vucevic the reason why is well there's a few reasons why the first is he's really <laughs> yeah. good you know the, this guy is you know very very good player he's one of the better offensive centers in the league uh he's also a very good rebounder and he's a fine defender in, in a good season with good defenders around yeah, him. yeah people still I think have this sense of you know oh, he's a big stiff you know white guy who can't do anything and there's there's you're, you're never building your defense around him, but if you have good defenders on the team, you know he does quite well. So that that's the, the first part with that. Then the next thing is they still really view themselves as a team that is going to try and stay competitive um, into next year. They're kind of writing this season off a little bit to the extent of all right, it's kind of a lost season, but we're going to come back with a good high draft pick. All of our key guys get our guys back from injuries. So Isaac Fultz, Cole Anthony at this point is probably going to miss a good chunk of the second half as well Um, and they feel really good about where they'll be next season to start next year and then the last part is with Vooch, Mo Bamba hasn't developed to the point where you feel like you can hand him your starting Mm -hmm. center job and that's a little bit of a problem because what happens in that situation is you don't feel like you can move Vooch start Bomba and feel pretty good about moving forward. So in, in should age fine. So they're not looking to move him um, like, like maybe a couple of the other guys. Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross, very much in the same boat, probably don't have to blow them away quite as much, yeah. but Orlando's not just going to move them to move them. Um, you know, Ross is a guy who will have a very healthy market if they ever want to put him out there. Um, but it's going to take, you know, probably a first round pick, maybe even two um, or a first round pick and a young player, some kind of combination like that um, to get them. Um, it's not going to be one of those two where it can be a first round pick, but it's like, you know, if you if it's a team that gets one of those two guys, your that pick's going to be you know twenty five to thirty. They want to pick it's you know in the twenty range or better. Um, there so that that's you know the thing with those guys. Evan Fournier far more movable. Right. He's on an expiring contract. There's a very big question of whether he'll be back in Orlando or not after this season. So if it's looking more like yeah, he's not going to be back, then I think you know um they, they'll look to maybe move on because uh they're gonna be aggressive. they're not just gonna lose him for nothing. Um so I think they'll they'll look to to do something there to, to get something. He's the guy who could help a lot of teams again a guy can can score some, can shoot some, can do some stuff with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, he's not a horrible defender. He's not a good one either. But, you know, you can fit him in a lot of places. And then there are role guys like Ken Burch, uh, James Ennis. Those are guys that, you know, if a team really, you know, wants a shooter, James Ennis, the kind of annual trade uh candidate for for wing shooters uh there. And then Ken Burch, who a lot of teams like is a backup big. He's very cheap. Uh, he's only around through that's a guy who you could see them uh, moving on from because again, pending free agent in the off season. So, you know, mostly I, I, I think, you know, maybe 48, maybe one of the less, but I don't think you're going to see any kind of big blockbusters out of the magic just because I don't think that's where they see themselves as a franchise.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, part of me wondered just given, you know, the, the time period that we're in right now, there can be a lot of misinformation out there. Part of me wondered, are the magic just, Kind of posturing here on Vucevic? Are they trying to get it out there that it would take a huge offer in order to try to bump up the offers for him? But I, it just it just doesn't feel like a guy that they're looking to move anytime soon. I mean, he's been the core of what they and. and Frankly, they look good when they're when they're healthy. I mean, they're a team that could really do something. Mm-hmm. They can easily talk themselves into, hey, next season, if we get everybody healthy, we're a playoff team. We can be making this push here and we can uh, we can really do something with this group. So I don't think I think it has the ring of truth that it would really take a big offer yeah. for them to go ahead and move Vooch. And then just to clarify, the Magic are not looking to move Mo Bamba for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> That's that's not a thing. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a yeah, thing. Yeah, no,
1: they they're not yeah they, they are not they're 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 not giving up on him yet they they're there's concern of course mm-hmm. that you know he hasn't shown a lot of development but they're they are not just gonna uh dump him and move him for you know uh nothing or for bad money or anything like that that's not the case i'll also say this with the magic too um people go immediately to well they're a treadmill team then the best they'll ever be right. is the you know sixth seed or something like that well for some franchises. That's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, we, we wish thirty teams were trying every year to win a championship. Some teams are content just to you know get in the playoffs and see where the chips fall, and if guys pop and develop, then you know, then then they'll push things forward. That's kind of where Orlando was at first. It's they're, they're content to be a, a, a year over year, and then if they get the development, then they'll go in to chase the championship. But it's not all about, you know, let's bottom up. They've done that, and it did not work out well. They really started to lose a significant chunk of the fan base. So I don't think you're going to have Magic you go down that path again anytime soon.
0: Right. And guys, by the way, you, you, those of you watching, it, watching and listening, if you're seeing any choppiness or anything in Keith's video, uh, he's having internet issues over there. So, so far, Keith, all your audio has been pretty much fine, but every once in a while, video gets a little bit choppy. So just bear with it. It's okay. <laughs> you can still, still hear all the important st- stuff and it really hasn't been too bad. So fingers crossed that that, uh, that continues to, uh, to work for us. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the Chicago Bulls. Right? We've got Otto Porter Jr., rumors that he could get bought out. My goodness, Keith, if he gets bought out, the feeding frenzy is going to be incredible. How many teams out there are just clamoring for 3 and D players? I can only imagine how every single contender is going to be chasing him down if Otto Porter Jr. does indeed hit the market. I'm not sure Chicago buys him out, but we'll see. And then there's also some rumors connecting Chicago to Andre Drummond. So what are your thoughts on what the Bulls are up to right now?
1: Yeah, just swap Drummond for Porter and make it simple on all of us, right? That's the (laughs) the
0: easiest thing we could
1: have. Um, Yeah, it's the same thing, though, right? He's got a very big contract number. That's going to be hard for them to move in a trade. Um, And and, and I do think that will probably end in a buyout because of that. As far as how many teams will go after him, I think teams will talk themselves into what he could be. The challenge is he has been hurt for most of the last few seasons. He has been uh, struggling now with back issues. He's not in the greatest shape. Um, when we've seen him the, this year, um, you know, the, the kind, of, kind of joke has been, you know, well, round is a shape. Um, you know, he just he, he doesn't you know, kind of look like the same guy um, there. So that's the worry is, you know, huh, well, what are you going to do? That said, yeah, because he's a three, four who can, you know, play, play both positions. He can shoot at some, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams that'll say, you know, all right, we'll we'll take a shot on Otto Porter and see, you know, what it looks like. You know, he's a guy, kind of the teams I mentioned with Blake Griffin, they could help a lot of those teams too. Teams like, you know, Milwaukee, I think he would be really good there. I think he could help uh, the Clippers or the Lakers probably a little less. So I think they've got enough guys that can do what he can do in Kuzma and Morris. And, you know, you're going to play small uh, quite a bit with the Lakers right. you know when it matters yeah. so so I don't know how much he would help them uh, as beyond just a deep depth Depth piece, uh you know. I think Utah would have been a place where he could have really helped, but they just signed urson Ilyasova for the rest of the season, so he's now going to kind of be probably he'll probably take George Niang's role as the backup for mm-hmm. uh, eventually. That that's my guess is that's what their goal is. So yeah, so he, he'll get interest for sure. He'll catch on somewhere. You know where that is. You know we'll we'll see. And it's you know of course you know Brooklyn will you know be kind of mentioned with <laughs> he'll be after just everybody. everybody yeah. So,
0: So from there, uh, with the Lakers, let's talk about them real quick. And actually, let's lump them together. Let's do the Lakers and the Celtics at the same time. We'll hit both of our teams. So you've got, obviously, that giant trade exception. That the Celtics can still use. The Lakers, we know, have been connected to Andre Drummond and reportedly are going to get strong consideration should Drummond hit the buyout market, although he can't give up as much as, uh, as say, the Nets can. The uh, the Lakers can't give up as much money as the Nets can in order to land mm-hmm. Drummond. Um, I mean, look, these two marquee teams in the NBA and historic rivals... Do you see either of them making the big move here in the next couple of weeks? And by big move, I mean, adding a piece that is going to be a factor in the playoffs.
1: Lakers will, cause they'll do it via bio, you know, and it'll be someone like Drummond or a similar ish kind of player. Hmm. I think they'll, they'll definitely uh, get somebody who can help them. I think um, how much, you know, that's always the question, right? Bio guys generally don't, you know, they don't swing titles or anything like that. It's been a while since since that's happened. Um, but yeah, but they're going to get somebody, you know, or maybe a couple somebody's, yes. um, you know, in the end there. So that that for sure, I think is a, is a direction you'll you'll see them go. Boston, I'm less certain that that they're going to do anything big this year. Danny Ainge. Now here's the the tricky part. I right. did this earlier today. Um, it's like everybody's, you know, kind of telling exactly. these little white lies of we're not really active, you know, we're not looking to do much, or, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But I think what, what you have to you really look at, though, is Ainge is putting out there. He said it again this morning um, publicly on his weekly radio appearance in the Boston area. We are you know the hard cap makes it hard on us to use the entirety of of the trade exception. That is true. They're they're less than twenty million dollars under the hard cap, trade exception's twenty-eight and a half, so that gets a little tricky there. Uh, the other piece that you have with um with Boston is you know, there's not they don't have a ton of tradable stuff. Their young guys don't have a lot of value. Um, they do have all their own picks, but if you think about it, if they go get a Harrison Barnes, the Kings are then probably committing to, all right, well, we got a couple firsts out of you, but mm. there are a couple firsts that are going to be in the late 20s, sure. right, because that should be enough to lift you into you know that range. So that's where it gets a little hard for the Celtics. I agree with Ainge when he says it's easier to use it in the offseason. What I don't agree is in the offseason, you have a lot more competition.
0: Yeah, that's right. Now
1: you have teams with cap space. You've got all sorts of stuff. And I look at it with the Celtics as right now, because of that trade exception, you have the ability to add more salary than anybody can in the league um, because you don't have to send anything back to do it um, in theory. So that's where you know that gets a little bit. A little more complicated to to work through there so yeah i'm just not sold i do think they're going to do something um i just don't know that it's going to be anything you know overly huge i think it'll be more of a let's fill out the roster a little bit you know get get a little bit better depth here and, and move this thing forward
0: so the celtics have, have underperformed this season and you've got a lot of fans that are unhappy just as i've seen a lot of lakers fans that have not been happy with the lakers over the last say 11 games or so when they've won like well, i don't know, three or four games um so Celtics fans not being pleased, I think they're kind of expecting something to go down here. Is that a factor at all for Danny Ainge? Is he feeling the heat a little bit to get something done? Or can he just say, look, you know, this season we just don't have it. We just don't have it. We're going to go forward with what we have. Hopefully things click, and then we'll regroup in the summer and figure out what the, what uh, we need. Can they bear the the wrath of Celtics fans if the trade deadline passes and Ainge sits on his hands?
1: Yeah, l- let me address the Lakers thing that you- you said there first. So I know you're just kind of throwing yeah. that in there, but. They're fine. you know. They they don't care about winning a bunch of regular season games anymore. This is this is a lot more like the Shaq, Kobe, Lakers, if you think back to them, where it was like, we don't need to win a whole bunch of regular season games. As long as we're healthy come playoffs, we're a finals Keith, team. And that's, that's no, exactly what Get,
0: your get out of here with your level-headedness. Yeah. The sky is falling, <laughs> know, right? I'm that's, telling you. it's <laughs> it. They're terrible. You
1: terrible. Know, blow it up. <laughs> yes. tank,
0: trade everyone. Trade Anthony
1: Davis to Boston. That's it, right? Trade, trade, LeBron to Charlotte or something, <laughs> and you know start all over. Um, yeah, no. So that's, you know, all right. I'll, I'll move on. To <laughs> you know, I'll let you fight that. Fight. Um, your question on the Celtics is a good one because people are getting a little yeah. impatient. This is three of the last four years they made it to the East Finals. Different kind of rotating cast of characters, but but the core group has been there the last couple of times. Um, so it feels like you. Know, there's always this growing sense of dread anytime you have young, talented players of, you know, how long can you go without really being a title team before they say, I want out. And there's fairness to that. We see that all the time with all sorts of uh, players, you know, Anthony Davis being the most recent guy, he expressed frustration and then ultimately was traded. Um, so you've got that part. The The part with Ainge, though, it's it's where he's kind of painted himself into a corners the number of times that he's said over the years we were close we were interested we did this we did that that's what has people frustrated it's like then push it over the the goal line you know finally you know get get that thing where it needs to be and go get us a player that we need because everybody knows he's not trading tatum he's not trading brown they're probably not moving kemba walker in season by any means so it is you know all right you know, then go get us the guys to put with those guys. That'll put us over the top. You know, what are we waiting for? And because of the trade exception, that has a sense of a finality to it because it does have an expiration, which is next off season. But people are looking at it of why would you not make the most of this team right now? The one difference what I'll say with age this year versus prior seasons is prior seasons. And I think he was right in this assessment was I like the team. We just got to get healthy. Because when they were healthy, they were really good um you know and that and then unfortunately, you just never saw it when you really needed to see it most. so this year he's not saying that this year it's he's openly owning we're not ready you know we don't have a team that can' get them for a title. we have holes, we have this, we have that, and I think that is um a lot driven out of it's not that they don't like their young players, not Tatum and Brown of right. course. But the Aaron Neesmiths, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, um, those guys, it's not that they don't like those guys. It's just a reality of if you hang on to them, you got to commit to it's going to take a couple of years to get them man or you trade them and you move on. And that's where that was the fallacy of hanging on all those draft picks and never moving any of them because it was it was always going to hit a point where you're going to be super young. If you used all those draft picks, and that takes time to develop, Tatum and Brown gave everybody a bit of a warped perception because of how quickly both of them came, came yeah. into their own.
0: That's not the norm. And then
1: the other, exactly. And then the other piece is eventually, if even if you hit on you know, most of those draft picks and those guys look really good. The team eventually gets too expensive to keep all those guys together anyway. And that's already starting to be a little bit of a concern because next year, you know, with just four guys with Tatum, Brown, Walker, and smart, you're well, you know, into the, uh, you're, you're pushing right up against the luxury tax. And that's before you factor in, you know, these guys on the rookie scale deals, these guys, you know, uh, like Tristan Thompson, uh, anybody else. That's, that's where for me, ever got there uh, on the front end of it and now on the back end you're going to have to eventually make moves to figure that out
0: yeah yeah exactly and that's and that's what's going to be interesting to watch here at the at the trade deadline there's going to be some opportunities here for teams like the Celtics for other teams out there as well to try to make some moves or maybe not and I think the strategy moving forward is going to be fascinating I think finally we're going to see some teams really show their cards and let us know are they all in on this season or not. And speaking of the trade deadline, you know, Keith, a a couple minutes ago, you mentioned it's it's lying season or or something to that effect. Uh, Let's finish up by talking a little bit about what we typically expect at the trade deadline as far as rumors and all of that stuff goes. You know, I always go back to if something gets out, some sort of information leaks out, most of the time, there's a reason why that information is, is getting out. There's an angle to it. There's an agent. There's someone in a front office. There's someone somewhere that wants that information to get out for a reason. So we always have to factor that in uh, and always consider who the source is for these things. I, I think that this is the time of year yeah. when people tend to, tend to kind of lose their minds over every single thing that comes out. And we have to remember that not everything is going to be completely true. And that's to me, that's part of what makes this, this time of year so much fun is sorting Absolutely. through it all. But there are people who take everything as the absolute truth as, as gospel and just assume that this is what's going to happen. And well, you can run into a little bit of trouble that way.
1: Yeah. And in the other thing we have is because I know you get these as much as I do. Yeah. Hey, is there any truth to the Lakers are trading for, for you know Brett tomorrow? Cause Joe, Joe uh, Bulls fan two, six, seven, eight, nine on Twitter said his sources tell him they've got a deal in place. And it's like, who is Joe Bulls? Whatever numbers I made up. Yeah, like that's not like those ones I disregard completely out of hand because, you know, people get there. You're also this is where I'll, I'll plug a PSA. Use your list. Look for the blue check, right? I'm already seeing fake Woj, fake Shams, fake Stein, fake Haynes. Those guys are already floating around. Um, Some of the people have done better. They they go – they go more to the beat reporter now, they they're they're getting savvier with it. Right. And realizing all right, well, fake Woj doesn't work for this kind of thing, but but if I fake, you know, um, you know, fake beat reporter from the athletic, yo, know, I, I can maybe trip people up. So I, I always you know, look at that. We, we just did a thing at Celtics blog for our younger and newer writers that this is their first time through. Like, really verify before you run with anything react. We've all yeah. gotten gone. Right. We've all yep. We've all gotten God at one point in time or another, but um, so that's that BSA. But yeah, to your point of, I always consider, you know, all right, who gains something out of exactly. team X is talking with team Y, who gains out of that? You know, well, what is there or, you know, who gains out of, you know, player, you know, player X wants to, you know, is, you know, is let his team be traded and those kind of things. So you want to look at the angle there with it the other thing is this is now finally the time when trades start happening when we're about two weeks out um, you know months out yeah the hardened trade happened we see smaller stuff on occasion but it's generally a couple weeks out um, you know where things really pick up and then we know going down to the deadline on deadline day there'll be a bunch of flurry activity on deadline day it's uh, Thursday the 25th yep. There'll be a bunch of stuff that happens probably on Tuesday and Wednesday. Then it'll go kind of quiet Wednesday night, and then mid morning here on the East Coast it'll pick up uh, big time, and then that's when you'll start hearing all sorts of stuff. Assuming it is a busy deadline, which the last few have been.
0: Yeah, usually you see then, things going down. Do you know what the what the time is for the deadline? Is it no- three oh, Okay, three p.m. Eastern time, so noon Pacific time. Three p.m. So that's what we've got as the the exact deadline in terms of the the time, and sometimes. You get stuff happening right before. And it's also possible because teams can agree to a trade and then they get in line to call their trade into the league office. So it's possible for some trades to come out after the deadline has passed because they're just going through all the particulars and the specifics of the deal and and all that kind of stuff. So just because it hits that time, you look at the clock, you go, oh, that's it. No, sometimes there's still stuff that comes out afterwards and you'll find out from there uh, what goes on. I don't think this is going to be... And I always reference this, and I'm trying to remember the year. But the year when, like, ten minutes before the the actual deadline hit, Woj just tweeted out, "Good lord!" Because I think his phone his his phone just I think blew it was up. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think that was 2016. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, because there was just this. It was like the damn burst, and there were just I, I don't even remember how many trades it was. It was insanity.
1: I think there were seven trades in the last ten minutes. Yeah of that deadline it was something like that one of the last i think it may have been the last one was the trade that sent isaiah thomas to the Celtics. oh that's right um i think that was the that got in the queue with the league yeah and you referenced that so how it works is teams go into the trade call queue with the league and what happens on a trade call is um, that's how the nba verifies all right keith and trevor are making a trade you know all right you know what what are the particulars and you say, you know, what it is on both sides. Mm-hmm. And then both teams agree that's because you can't just take it from one side because otherwise, you know, good Lord knows what would happen. Yes. It would be amazing. Um, you know, but so that's where they do it. That's where we got the whole Brooke, which Brooks thing that's happened right. with that trade. Um, you know, kind of scenario there is, you know, who, who wait, well, who are we talking about here? Um, the other piece is when you get on that trade call, it has to work, right? It has to be legal everything has to be be disclosed you know picks pick protections mm-hmm. uh, draft rights all that stuff that that anything that's going to be in the trade all has to be there everybody that's involved if it becomes one of these three or four team trades they all have to be on there so it can take a while so that's why you'll see it back up that's why two people are like why have you know why is uh you know the hornets not said you know they acquired this guy why why are they not talking about it yet it might be you know, seven or eight o'clock that night before the team is ready to officially yeah. put something together, because they can't until it's all been signed off on and approved. So, so yeah, so you've got that part of it. The other piece that you end up with um, as you get into it with, with the trade stuff is um, you're going to hear, you're first going to get the report, you know, Woj will say, you know, and I'm just making this one up cause it's not realistic, but LeBron James is being traded to the Orlando magic mm-hmm. and that'll be it. And then that's where guys like me and you will will quote tweet or reply or uh, just tweet ourselves. I cannot wait to see what they gave up. Right. And then over subsequent tweets or more often recently, and this is not just a Woj thing, this is everybody. The details get put into an article that kind of then then goes along yeah. with that tweet, where it'll be you know a protected pick. Well, what's the protection? The protection will be in the article, most likely, or something like that. Or a lot of times, that's where Zach Lowe will follow up with. You know, I've heard the protections are, you know, top 10 protected or whatever it is. Um, so you're not going to get all the details right away. It's going to be whoever the headliner is, whatever the biggest name in the trade is, where they're going. And then you'll get all the details will come in after that. It is one of my most favorite days of the year, um, you know, or favorite couple days recently because it's been, you know, spread over a couple days or the last couple years. I, I absolutely love it. It's madness. I also love that night and the next couple of nights. When teams have to play these kind of goofy Lineups because oh, yeah. they traded four guys right? And it's like alright well all we have Left is five centers and you know uh, Two point guards so that's Our lineup for you know for the next Night or so that that's always fun To see that come together this year that hasn't Been as much fun because we fortunately Seen that because of COVID yeah. So that's not as much fun as It usually is but but when you know it's for Good reasons or trade related reasons It's okay to kind of enjoy the silliness Of it so yeah so those are a couple things you're really kind of looking for but but trust your people you really know you uh your really close beat writers that you know are close to the team and then of course your big national names the guys uh what i do is i have a twitter list that Mm -hmm. i have up in twitter that has only news breakers on it so it's Wode, shams Haynes, stein uh sam amick a couple of the other big big reporters who have you know become really trustworthy with getting scoops i have those guys on there that that's you know where where i keep it to
0: now yeah exactly i don't know how many times that i've i've told people they've said hey what do you think about this rumor i've said well where did it come from? Did it come from one of the big guys that you really trust? If not, then it's probably not true. Yep. Um, yep. There are some people out there that will, they'll predict something, something that's fairly predictable, right? Just kind of take a guess. And then they'll be able to point to that and say, see, I'm right. And try to establish themselves as a newsbreaker. When reality is they yep. were just a pretty good guesser in terms of Indeed. one of one scenario. Like, like if right now we were to put out tweets saying, sources tell me, And do not aggregate this, anyone. Sources tell me Andre Drummond is going to get bought out by the Pistons, right? Well, that's a fairly likely scenario that I could use and then be able to point to that and say, see, I had this early. And so you've got to believe me here, here, and here, and people can use that in order to gain uh, trust and yep. influence and things like that. So just be careful with it, guys. Don't, don't lose your minds on every single little thing that comes out, wait for it to come out from one of the main sources. And of course we will be here breaking everything down and giving you guys everything you need to know from all the different perspectives and, and all of that, because they'll give you the details on, it. Um, this is this player's being traded for this, but we're here to give you the fallout of what that means for the different teams and, yep. and all of that.
1: Yeah, because you aren't going to get an analysis of the moves no. from you know the, the person who breaks it. Uh, at most, you'll get you know something that's generally fed to them from an agent. I've had this done to me a couple times where it's, you know, Player X is really excited to join whatever. He believes he can add you know, defensive rebounding yeah. to their team. He's excited to be fresh star, be for a title, whatever it may be. The other thing that I'll say, too, is there are a bunch of people who have made kind of a history on Twitter. did this in the baseball sphere uh with the Bryce Harper deal Mm -hmm. he put a Bryce Harper tweet out for all 30 teams was Bryce Harper has agreed to sign with x team for you know at that point we kind of knew what the money was and then what they do is they go back and they delete all the other ones and they keep the one that was right and then they say see I had this before everybody else did you
0: know who
1: has the time for that You know that that part I don't really know. And the other thing is, people screenshot everything now too, so it floats around. When that guy, because he, he, the other thing too is always be wary of the guy who is breaking. You know, um, because it'll come down at the same time as NFL free agency this year. You know, if he's breaking, you know, uh, you know, the Patriots are signing, you know, blah 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 to play quarterback, and then he's also breaking, you know, the the big, uh, you know, this is who the you know uh, Boston is trading for. Unless it's a really like deeply embedded Boston media guy, and that. Situation I use, nobody's getting you know NFL news and NBA news and baseball news and all. So it doesn't doesn't work that way. People are insiders in one sport, and one sport only.
0: That would be like like Woj Prime would just be, I don't know, the just uh, every sport he just right? gets sent directly yeah. to his phone and just breaks all the news. That that would actually be kind of fun one to see. Funny,
1: cause we, <laughs> we saw during free agency, you could totally tell uh, Woj kicked uh, some, and Adam I was like, hey, you want to. Have fun! I remember, he broke. So it was a agent agreement. Adam Schefter put it out there. Yeah. Occasionally, too, because agents do cross over. You may say you know, hey, yo, know, yeah, we're not looking at that. I'm working on this, you know, uh, deal right now for this player and that's that's why you'll get get that. Um, I had something similar to that where someone uh, he. You know, told me what the NFL salary cap was yesterday, and I was like, "Hey, non-NBA tweet." Here's what the salary cap's gonna settle at, and put right. that out there because I got it from someone who I knew exactly what they were talking about. But like, yeah, those, those things are just you know so few and far between. It's it's these people who are like, you know, they're 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 at the Woj and Schefter and uh, Jeff Passan levels. You know, not a, nobody covers have love, 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 love because it's you know, for every one thing they get it's because i guessed it like you said versus actually know what they were
0: talking about right right well we we almost completely lost you there at the end of what you what you were saying keith so uh but i think we got the the gist yeah. of, of what you meant of what you were saying <laughs> but uh um, yes be careful who you're trusting out there and i think given that last little technological issue right there i think that's a good sign that we should wrap it up here while we've uh while we've gotten this far so appreciate everybody for watching if you're watching over here on the LakersNation.com youtube channel make sure you do subscribe don't forget to turn on notifications and of course rate review and subscribe if you're listening over on apple podcast to the nba front office show Keith, do this next week can't wait trend deadlines getting closer we're gonna have a million things to talk about by next week so this is uh this was great
1: I can't wait. Yeah, and if big stuff happens, we'll come with extra shows yes. too. If we need to, if there there are really big things to break down, but we'll, we'll we'll do that. Probably more quick hits. You'll come in for fifteen twenty minutes. But but yeah. Otherwise, we'll we'll wrap it all up and we'll have a big long uh, wrap up probably after the deadline of things that didn't happen, things that did happen, things that should have happened in our opinion, those kind of things.
0: Absolutely. Yep. it's Going to be a fun time. One of my favorite times a year. NBA trade deadline. So let's get it. We've got a couple weeks till the deadline hits, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.